back, everybody. Today on My Ovaries Made Me Do It, we are talking about Reshma Sujani. She is the founder of Girls Who Code, but she also has a really fantastic TED Talk about how we need to raise women to be brave, not perfect. Um, And we're going to delve a little more into that whole idea and how we've experienced it in our life and how that also does apply to boys growing up, Um, but a little bit more on her background first. So her parents came from India and they had high expectations of her becoming a doctor or a lawyer. And she did actually go to law school and become a lawyer. Um, But she was working and she found herself not happy in what she was doing. So she ended up making the decision to quit. And she said that the day she quit, she felt like she made the right decision. Um, And in an interview that we were able to watch of her online, where she kind of goes into her background, she says with that decision, she decided to run for office uh, for a seat in Congress in New York. And although she didn't win that seat, it was a really great experience for her and it actually prompted her to found Girls Who Code. And it also helped her to put forth this idea that we need to teach more girls and more women to make the brave choice, to be brave in their career, in their life, and not just to strive for the things that they're perfect at, that automatically come naturally to them, but to push ourselves further and to try new things that maybe scare us, that maybe we're not automatically great at. And it's it starts early. It's something that essentially is in, ingrained in us. And she was saying that yeah. if you watch children on the playground, you'll see that little boys are encouraged to play rough and play dirty and yeah, go get on the slide and it's okay if you fall and it's okay if you're afraid. And little girls are taught to, you know, stay clean, be careful, honey, you know, don't swing too fast, you know, don't get your dress dirty. And it's these little little bits of coddling and little bits of like watch out that start already prompting that idea of don't do anything too hard don't do anything too scary whereas little boys were like yeah go run in the mud go it's okay if you fall throw the ball oh you didn't do a great try again and it's it's amazing for her to bring that up that already we see it in little kids and it's not something that parents are consciously doing you know they're not sitting there trying to make their girls afraid of the world and make their boys not afraid you know but it's just it's something that we do yeah, it really is. We're teaching the boys to be brave and the girls to be perfect. You know, like she said, um, Rashma even brought up, like, bo- exactly, boys are taught to play rough and to swing high. And girls, keep your dress clean and be a lady. And, you know, one thing that I was told a lot growing up was you play with the big boys, you're going to get hurt. Meaning if I played with the boys in the neighborhood, I had to be prepared to not excel, to not win the games, to kind of get pushed around and whatnot. And my mom was just like, you're going to play with the big boys, you're going to get hurt, and you're not going to cry to me, basically, right? That was something that started to sort of be ingrained with me that I always thought, even as I got older, if I play with the big boys, I'm going to get hurt. And I took that in some ways into my career too. And would then not wanting to get hurt, I wouldn't really like push against the the doors that were placed in front of me, so to say. Right? Yeah. And so yeah, it's these little things as kids that were taught that do make us as women 
less inclined to take those risks and to go out there and fail. Well, and it's interesting, too, because my mom grew up with a lot of male siblings. Mm -hmm. And so I remember growing up, she used to be like, well, if somebody else out there can do it, why can't you do it? Yeah. And that was always something she told us. And I, you know, there are certain things that I am timid about trying, but there are certain things that I'm kind of just like, whatever, I'm going to try it. And if I'm not good, it is what it is, you know? And I think part of that comes from my mom pushing us to be like, well, if somebody else can do it, why can't you? Mm -hmm. So I kind of feel like that, that tug of war where it's like, I learned from society, no, you need to be timid and you need to have all the qualifications and all this stuff and all, you know, and you need to be perfect. But then my home life, I feel like my mom was just kind of pushing us to be like, well, you can do it too. Why can't you do it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, at home, in some ways, my mom was like, you know, would say those things like, if you're going to play with the big boys, you're going to get hurt, this and that. But in most ways, she encouraged me to, like, I learned how to use tools very young, power tools. Yeah. I was never, like, I did the hard, dirty labor, you know, hard, dirty labor around the house as a kid. My chores, you know, but yeah. outdoor chores. And um, it wasn't just like, oh, that's a dirty job, leave it for the boy, or that's a tough job, that's something you need to be strong for to do. But I also grew up in a house of women. We were almost all women. And on the opposite side of that in school, just like you were saying, was then it would be like, oh, we need some like big strapping boys to come move this table in the lunchroom, right? It was never like big, like, you know, anybody who feels like they're strong enough to move this table, it was like, bring the, bring the boys over. <laughs> you know, they're the ones that can do it. Yeah. And I mean, it's definitely interesting because looking back kind of on my own childhood experience, there's there are parts where, like you're saying, our parents did push us to go outside of our comfort zone and to do things that weren't necessarily aligned with our gender expectations. You know, like my dad taught us to change our car oil and how to change a tire and like not make us be reliant on other people in, mm -hmm. in you know, an emergency, but then there are just literal values that they grew up with too, where you can think back and say like, oh, well, they learned that from their parents and now they're kind of, they put that on us too. So it's weird because even at home, we had that experience of like, yeah, they're pushing us, but also they're kind of telling us, well, don't do this and don't do that. So it just, yeah. it's so interesting. Well, I feel like it was more as if, you know, it, you can be, I was raised to sort of like, you can be brave and like really go for things in these certain areas. It is yes. safe for you to be brave here. It is yeah. safe for you to be a strong woman and put up your own shelf or to exactly, you know, fix the plumbing or, or change the oil in your car. But when I would talk about, say, traveling by myself, all yeah. of a sudden it was just like, oh, you can't do that. Or if you're going to do that, you need to do this, 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 and this, and this, and this to keep yourself safe and make people think that you've got a man with you or you're not alone traveling or, you know? And so it was, yeah, it, I got both of it. And I think most people of our generation really got both because our mothers grew up during the sort of like sexual liberation and revolution mm -hmm. for women and starting to again get their own independence and yet had been raised sort of more... <laughs> Like, you know, the 50s. Like, my mom was born the housewife. In the 50s. Yeah. yeah, the housewife mm -hmm. era. And you get that, you get that both. And so I have found that I, like, listening to, I 
thousand million percent wish that I had listened to this TED talk in middle school or I had been taught some of these things really young because one of the points that Reshma Sujani made is that when we teach our girls to be perfect, they hold themselves back. And by switching that up and teaching them to be brave at a younger age, it will be able to have more of an impact on their life in a positive way. And I see, looking back now at my life, where I have really been holding myself back because I couldn't be perfect and where I should have been brave and it could have had such a massive like she had a massive impact on not just my life but on what I could contribute to the world. And so now I find myself in my mid 30s really trying to you know make the braver choices now. And I realize like like there's no getting time back. Do you know what I mean? So there's no matter where I go from here and I can make as many brave choices as possible what I could have done with that bravery in my teens and in my 20s is just gone and and that's a shame and although I don't like regret where I am and I like I love my life and the choices that I've made good and bad have led me here I just am like oh I don't want that for anybody else I want them to know that they can do really really amazing great things something that she said that really 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 resonated with me again is was about perfection or bust and that and and we can get into like the specifics of what she said because it was all around coding but basically that if a woman or a girl a girl can't be perfect at something she would rather show nothing right so instead of showing something that might be a little subpar or something that you know has to be worked on she would rather show nothing. And I can think of a million times where I've actually done that, especially as an artist, where I'm like, oh, this art isn't good enough, so I'm just going to hide it and 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 sh- and not tell anybody that I made this or I did this, you know. Or in middle school, I remember with projects and things, thinking like, I'm not – it's not as perfect as it could be. It's not as perfect as I want it to be. And so what's the, what's even the point? And that I'm looking at now just like, oh my goodness, how many times did I cut myself off at the knees trying to achieve a perfection of something that does not exist? Yeah. And I mean, she gave a perfect example of this in, you know, the interview that I saw of her and in her TED Talk where exactly what you're saying, the teachers at the school would, you know, come and see the kids and the girls would go up and say, I don't know what to write. And the teacher would walk over and these girls would have nothing on their screen. They'd have blank space where the code should be. But she was saying the teacher, if she were to press the backspace button, would see that the girl did try to write code. But because it didn't work, like you said, they would rather show nothing than show their imperfection. Yeah. Whereas boys would be like, well, the computer's broken. I don't know. Something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. She was saying that the boys would come in and be like, the computer's broken, broken or something wrong with the technology. And, and it'd be like, well, no, you wrote the code a little wrong. Whereas women would come in and be like, there's something wrong with me. I yeah. can't write the code well. And so it's just that I'm exactly sure if the dichotomy is the word, but like that anyway. The way we express our, you know, our failure is we take it as if it's us failing. Yeah. Whereas 
guys are brought up to be more like, oh, the, in this situation, it failed, but that's fine. You know, like moving on. Whereas we take it as we failed. Yeah. And it's happening because like women have been, and this is Rashima Sujani quote here, is that women have been socialized to aspire to perfection and they are overly cautious, right? End quote. We are overly cautious to making mistakes, to taking those risks. And it starts as a child. It starts as children. Well, and also she, you know, she said like part of her failures have been what helped propel her forward. And that is the case. A lot of times you have to fail and you have to fail again and you have to fail again and you have to essentially fail until you get it right. You know, failure actually leads to success oftentimes because the more often you fail at something, you learn a lesson from it and you learn how to do it better the next time. And, you know, if, if you get to a point where you're like, maybe this isn't for me, at least you can say you've tried instead of watching from the sidelines and saying, I think I could have done that. I could have done that. Or, you know, regretting not even trying. Mm-hmm. Or the where the mind goes, you know, when a woman makes a mistake, she tends to be, her mind just be like, oh, I made a mistake. I'm dumb. I'm a failure. I never should have tried. I can't do this. You know, and when a boy makes a mistake, a boy goes, I made a mistake. Let me fix that mistake. They try again. And they're yeah. just, yeah, I really think it's just kind of how we're socialized as kids to behave. Like, I used to tell people I was raised to be a lady, if that means anything to you, to me, to be very proper, right? To be modest in some ways, to know my place in other ways. And I was not really raised. And not just by my family, but by society. I was not raised to take really big risks or to really believe in myself. I was. We were raised to play it safe. Yeah. And it wasn't anything done out of malice or that our parents didn't think we could do things. It was, I think, done more as a way to protect us. You know, it just, I see it as, well you'll be protected and you'll be safe because you're playing it safe. Yeah. That's right, right? No risk, like, or low risk is no risk or this and that. And I have to say that I don't feel like I've been risk-free in my life. I do feel as if I have, especially as I've gotten older, I have taken some big risks that have not been really supported by everybody. And in other ways, you don't get that same thing when you are a boy. Someone doesn't tell you as a like most boys going around like, oh, make sure, you know, you're not out after dark or that, you know, you're not risking everything that you have because you'll have nothing to fall back on, you know, or make sure you choose something that you're going to be able to really make money in. Like That was something I was told for college, like choose, choose something that you're going to be able to to support yourself or to easily support yourself, let me put it that way, you know, or something that's going to be assured. Like I was really pushed to either be like, A, a teacher or a nurse. Something that they thought like that's safe for a woman to do. A woman can excel at that. That's a job that will always be around and kind of guaranteed. Although let's just give a shout out to the teachers who are not making any money, okay? And should yes, <laughs> I can speak to that 100%, former teacher. I mean, that's part of why I left, because you don't get 
paid for the hours that you're working and the the personal time there is no personal time you you're constantly working and i mentally burned out and that's just across the board and yeah the profession is overwhelmingly i feel like more women than men go into that profession not to say that there aren't other professions that are grossly underpaid but yeah it's considered a safe profession for women and and yet you don't make enough money at it i don't know any teachers out there that really make enough money to one support the amount of money that they have to put into their own classrooms but yeah. They do it for their passion. I don't teach teachers aren't teaching because they're like, oh, I'm making such great money. It's like they're doing it because they they have a passion for it, or they, you know, they, or they're like you. They're gonna get burnt out and they're gonna leave. But that's what I was taught was to be more safe to choose those type of careers. And I don't know very many men, although I do know men who have have had those conversations with their parents, right? Because we're talking about going into college here choosing a career when we're a bit younger most of them are told to shoot for the stars go for your dreams you put in enough effort and you'll get there right but mm -hmm. one of the really great points is that Rashima get Rashima made was that trying hard is not the same as being gutsy and so no matter how hard that I try at something or I try to make it work it's not the same as being actually gutsy and say going for the career that really lights you up or you really want or starting that business failing is okay and it's something that has to be learned you know I don't know but it's something my mom recently she was telling me she she bought a sign that says like it's okay to not be perfect and she said you're really teaching me this that it is okay to not be perfect at everything growing up my mom was a coach and I one of her sayings that kind of haunts me still to this day and she still says it is practice doesn't make perfect perfect practice makes perfect and I cannot tell you enough how that did the exact opposite to me than what she intended because it made me stop practicing because I couldn't even practice perfectly do you know what mm. I mean I couldn't say draw a circle perfect the first time around without using a protractor. So I stopped drawing circles, right? Yeah. I couldn't, I don't know, hit a home run every single time I swung that bat. So I quit the, I quit the softball team. And it's these things that they don't, people, we don't realize have an effect on girls. And if it had just been my mom saying that, I would take it for what it really means, Right. But because it's society, reinforced that idea in me that I had to be perfect. My job as a girl was to be beautiful. It was to be clean. It was to be fun. It was not to make mistakes. It was to keep myself safe in all areas of my life. Because being a woman in itself is dangerous. You know, it's, I see it more, I think, in all kids now where like, it's not just in girls, but mm -hmm. to go back to kind of what you were saying, the the practice perfectly, if you didn't get it right on the first try, you didn't want to do it. But I feel like with kids, with all kids nowadays, it's a lot of, you know, you put them in whatever you're putting them in, gymnastics or soccer. And it's like, if they're not naturally good at it, parents are like, well, we're going to take them out and try something new. And it's like, you have to let the kids 
try it and yeah. fail at it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and not be good at it. It's okay to not be good at something, but it doesn't mean you just leave it. Maybe, maybe you're awful at dancing, but you enjoy it. You don't have to be perfect at it. You know, like, no, you're not going to be a prima ballerina or, you know, I don't know, a professional backup dancer or whatnot, but you can still get enjoyment out of it. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that you chose dancing because nowadays I, I, dancing, I love to dance. I've always loved to dance. I remember choreographing my own dances when I was in middle school and I loved it. I loved it. I absolutely love to dance. Did I ever want to take a dance class? No. I mean, I, I did take <laughs> dance. <laughs> I took dance classes, but because I didn't think I was good enough, I would refuse to do recitals and show it. And so... Um whatever, right? That also kind of went hand in hand with my stage fright. But mostly it was about not feeling like I could get up there and do everything perfect the way exactly it was meant to be. And now I dance and I don't give an beep who (laughs) is watching me. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I don't care if it's all perfect at all. I enjoy, and I went, uh, now I'm just like, man, can I make a career as a professional, you know, dancer at 35 <laughs> is that possible i mean maybe who knows <laughs> i mean i feel like my back and my knee disagree but oh, i mean maybe <laughs> well, but it is i don't know it's just it's how we approach these problems or these issues that that arise with like in life that i think um show how we've been conditioned whether consciously or subconsciously from our parents, from society, from school, you know, I don't know. There weren't many, it wasn't like, oh, yay, you got an F. It's okay. (laughs) You know, in school or what I want to say is like, it was never really made okay to fail. Even in school, failing was not in any way celebrated or accepted. And so there's a lot of work for us to do around this. Yeah. Well, I'm going back to that idea of the trying hard and, you know, mm-hmm. having guts, how they're two different things. Like you said, with trying hard, you know, women and men, we try hard. There are yeah. people out there who are go-getters. They go after the things that, you know, they're good at. And primarily women do that. They go after the things that they know they're good at. Whereas mm-hmm. more so men are gutsier. And it's not to say that some women out there aren't, but typically more men are gutsier. They will go after things that they don't think they can get because why not? Because worst case scenario, they don't get it like they thought. But what if they do? What if you did? You know, and I just think that that's more of a mentality, like an outlook that that men were brought up with, that women were not is like, what's the worst case scenario? It plays out how you thought it would. You didn't get it. Is it the end of the world? No, you just try again at something else. Truly, truly, and I feel like that's something I've personally I've learned the hard way, and I think then that other women learn the hard way is if you don't ask, you're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get it when you ask, that's okay too, you know. And to tie that into the the idea that she goes into, where women will not apply to jobs unless they meet 100 percent of the qualifications, whereas men may only meet 30, 40 percent, and they'll still apply. And again, it's that whole idea of like, well, worst case scenario, I don't get it. But what if you do? What if you have that little spark that they're looking for? You know, what if you have, because there's certain things and I think employers are starting to 
to turn more to this. And it was another actual TED uh, article that I read where it was like, you should hire for people's ability to learn, not necessarily their the skills that they have. I like that. Yeah. And it was, I, I'm not quoting it specifically. I don't remember exactly what it was, but the whole concept of it was hire teachable people. Don't hire mm-hmm. people who already have, well, they know how to work in this CRM and they know how to do Excel. Like, yeah, those are great things to have. But if you hire somebody who can learn, who is teachable and who has, you know, the ingrained skills that you can't teach someone, they're a way better candidate to have. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I think part of that is like, well, I'm kind of going back to your um, your point about men will apply to a job basically if they want the job, right? Whereas a woman feels like she has to be completely qualified before she applies. And that again, I think really goes back to how we're conditioned into how men are conditioned that failure does not, like they can fail and not be broken. Mm-hmm. Right? Again, go back to the playground. What, what did Rashima say? Go to a playground and just watch. And like you kind of maybe can do that right now with Corona. I don't know if playgrounds are open by you and there's actually kids playing, but you watch. And yeah, the boys swinging as high as they can, encouraged to jump off of, uh, jump off of things, to climb trees, to breaking a bone is like a, a rite of passage for a boy. You can break it. You're not broken. Whereas, like, girls, oh, you're too dainty. You don't want to jump off of that. Let me catch you. Do you know, like, you can't, don't don't play rough in a dress or whatnot. And so then we're, again, kind of that condition to be absolutely perfect to before we apply for something. It's just, like, I feel as if women are really taught or girls are really taught to avoid risk, to avoid failure. And so they're not going to apply for a job where they believe that they're going to either fail at it if they get it or they're not even qualified for it. And so we have to start teaching our girls to be brave, to apply for those jobs, to take those risks, to be imperfect and to realize that imperfection is truly perfection. And perfection doesn't exist. Perfection does not exist. What does it even what does that even really mean to be perfect? Even in listening to TED Talks over the last few years, I feel like I've learned things that have kind of prompted me to apply for those jobs, you know, mm-hmm. to apply for jobs that like, yeah, I'm not totally qualified, but I think I have the skill set that they need. And I know that I'm a, a fast learner and I can learn their, you know, terminology or their platform that they use, you know, and so there's no harm in applying. I get a lot of rejection letters, that's for sure. But, you know, my recent job that I absolutely love, I hadn't necessarily done that specific job title before, but I had a lot of experience in other things that lined up with what they were looking for. And my manager, who's amazing, I love her, she took a chance on me, you know, because she saw my ability to learn and my ability to take things on and process it and pick it up quickly and be able to adapt to what was needed of me. And I think that that's awesome that there are employers out there that are willing to take that chance. And it's it's a calculated chance that they're taking, you know, like it, you still have to be a good candidate, um, but they just see more of your capabilities. 
And that was beautiful of, of your boss to do that, especially, again, being a woman willing to take a risk and, and maybe be wrong about her hire. But mm -hmm. she was not. You're perfect for the job. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think part of the thing, too, that I want to touch on is for women, it's important for us to really have a support system. And Rashima called it a failure team, which I fucking love because <laughs> I have people around me that are always there for me. They are definitely supportive. But when things really go wrong or I really fail, they're less they'll still be supportive, but, but in like a very gentle way, whereas a failure team is going to be supportive and tell you the truth, right? And yeah. not kind of sugarcoat things or try to make you feel better or be like, oh, it's okay that you failed. At least you tried, right? A truth teller is going to be like, okay, you failed. Now what the fuck are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? What's next? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Get back up off off your off the floor get off off your booty and try again and having that kind of support around I think is really really important like two years ago I took a big risk and I quit my job going into business for myself knowing I was gonna have to really push myself and in some ways I really succeeded but mainly I failed mainly I failed and that was really rough on me. And part of the failure came from, again, trying to do everything perfectly. Yeah. And perfection just, it's, perfectionism steals your joy. It steals your happiness. It steals your opportunities. Truly. And I just thought like, oh my goodness, everything's falling apart because I can't do it perfect. But in reality, everything fell apart because I didn't really believe in myself. And I still look at that as like one of the braver things that I've ever done because I knew I had to push myself off of a ledge to get where I wanted to go. And I did that. And at the end, you were one of those people that was my failure team that was like, okay, so it's not going well. It's not doing great. You're not doing great. But I don't expect you to give up. I expect you to keep going. And I had other people in my life that typically have a uh, older generation that was just like, okay, so you're gonna go, you're gonna go back to the corporate world. You're gonna go, go back into sales. You're gonna go back into this because you were really good at that. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not gonna go back to a job that I know that I'm good at, that I, you know, know will pay the bills, that I know I'll succeed at. Because, well, for me personally, I, I wasn't just, I was just not happy. I really don't believe yeah. I'm meant to like work for a bunch of other people. I need to follow my passion, right? And, and I had people like you who were like, okay, what's next? What are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? How are you going to do it this next time so that you don't fail again or that you yeah. do it a little bit better, right? And so that I really think it is important for everybody, not just women, to, to build yourself a really good support team that is a failure team to tell you the truth, right? Like, okay, get no pity party here. Yeah. And I mean, we are lucky in that. I, I don't want to speak for you, but at least for yeah. me, I am lucky that, you know, during this time of transition where I am trying to find my footing in the career that I really want to build my life around that I 
am able to focus on just me. You know, I'm not having to worry about supporting a family or having to pay for a house. You know, I have an apartment and God forbid I can't afford the rent. I have a place that I can move into for a little while, you know, so I'm lucky in that aspect that I do have those kind of nets and that kind of support system. But yes, it is also important to have that failure team of the people who are going to check you, you know, check yourself, you know, but also push you forward and say, hey, you know, yeah, you failed, but what what are you going to do about it? Like you said, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to move on from here? Yeah. Right. What are you going to do? Because although you you have that support, you also have people in your life that are like choose the safer option Megan you know stay with that that job that's again gonna make sure that you don't have to lose your apartment or this and that and well and it's possible if I had a family I would make that safer option because you know with family comes sacrifices and with having to worry about people other than myself come sacrifices you know so I am grateful that at this moment in time where I am trying to find that footing I can be selfish and I can kind of just say, okay, well, I can be risky right now and I'm going to, I'm going to choose to be risky. Yeah. This is why we need to teach this to girls as young as possible because it's easier to do these risks before you have a family, right? Yes. And and Mm -hmm. so to, to have that impact or to have this bravery when it can have a real impact in like long term in your life. You know, if we had, if I had, like I said, if I had listened to this TED talk in middle school, I would have had better grades, maybe, but I would have tried harder. I certainly would have, you know, yeah, pushed myself out of the box. Even in college, I would have pushed myself out of the box a lot more and tried things. And I mean, I, danced around an artistic and art career designing career for a decade before diving into it if I'd had the the courage and the bravery to do it a decade ago it would I could be in a completely different place in my life you know and and yes we are very lucky right now to not have a family or to pay children and whatnot to support and have to worry about I just I honestly think that is why we have to teach this to kids when they are younger so they can have much bigger impact on their life. And going back to kind of what you're saying about grades and things like that, Mm -hmm. uh, part of Reshma's speech was she was saying that 50% of women will drop out of STEM degrees, not because of their performance, but because of their perceived performance. So they may have a 70, but they're saying, you know, like you said before that, that, mental voice in their head saying, well, I didn't get 90. I'm so dumb that I'm not cut out for this. People are doing better than me. I can't, there's no way I can come back from this kind of thing. And that then continues on as we get older. And that voice in our head continually berates us and brings us down. And she said that statistics show that women are twice as likely to be more depressed than men. And it's because we have that ingrained voice in the back of our head constantly telling us like, well, you messed up. You're, you're not good at this. Mm-hmm. What a failure you are. How awful, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it just not to say that there aren't men out there that have it. Obviously there are men out there struggling with this too, but, but we're talking about women. Exactly. Yeah. In the way that society brings us up and just the things that we're taught, we are more likely to have that voice in the back of our head. And it's a constant battle. I find myself constantly battling and I 
you know, there's nights where I'm sitting there crying and being like, am I making the wrong decision? Like, why am I putting myself through this? And it's just like, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, it's, it's a constant struggle, but I, I'm not willing to give up because like I said, right now I can be selfish. I, I have the ability to be selfish and I want to go for it because if I don't go for it now, I'm never going to go for it. And she even said, there was another wonderful point she made that, um, yeah. So she, I mean, she goes on to say, you know, a lot of times you'll, you'll watch people on TV and you'll be like, well, I could, I could do what they do. And you almost don't want to watch it anymore because it hurts you to watch them doing something that you feel like you could have done, but you never went for it, you know? And she says, you know, when we get into that jealous place and when we get into that sad place and you feel like you're at your most envious, she said, recognize that because that's the thing that scares you. And that's the thing that you should try. Go try it. Even if you fail at it, at least you'll then have that that mind frame of, you know what? I tried it and I'm not envious of these people anymore because I did go out there and I did try it. And you know what? Maybe it wasn't for me or maybe it was. And now I'm I'm living my dream doing whatever I set out to do, you know, it, but it just absolutely it's, it's this mental, this heavy mental blockade that I feel like too many of us are afraid of jumping over and just trying, just trying just to see if it works out. And if it doesn't work out, great. We tried it. It's another thing. Push it off to the side and pick a new dream, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Try try again. Pick yourself back up. Um, I mean, envy is the, one of the most destructive emotions, if not the most destructive. And so sitting in that will never lead to anything great in your life. You know, one of the things that Reshma said that really struck with me is that it's easier to try than to give up. It is easier to try than to give up. And so then I thought about that and I was like, oh, well, how, how would I feel if I gave up? How would I feel if I quit this, if I'm not brave? And then I start looking at opportunities that I had lost in my life because I hadn't been brave and, and I start looking forward at opportunities and being like, how will I feel if I lose that opportunity because I don't have the courage to go for it, will I feel, is it harder to, to not go for it and lose it? Or is it harder to try? Right. And, and what, what have I gained from not being brave? So that's where I'm like, where, I don't know. I started asking myself, where can I be more brave? What's the braver choice in this situation? And I don't need to be perfect. That business that I failed at, I'm giving it a second go and realizing that I'm glad that I failed the first time because it means it's making this business mean more to me. It's brought out even more passion in myself to do well at it and to bring to it. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I first failed and I sat that, yeah, there was a depression that came, which was in no way fun, in no way fun. Yeah at all and so uh, you know things seem like they'll really fall apart if they're not done perfectly but mostly I have found that it's just in my head and so it's just in your head yeah and I like that point that you made where you said you know you you failed but that just reinstated the idea that that is what you want to be doing and so now you come back with plan b of how you're going to attack it and you're going to try it that way you know and i think that that's beautiful because for some people it might be that they fail at it and they're like you know what i tried and i'm actually not that passionate or like you know what something else is more important to me but there are those people that fail and it just reinvigorates their sense of i want to succeed how am i going to go about succeeding at this task 
And there have been things that I've failed at and I've let go of. And I think failure then is a really good barometer for ourselves of where we should be going. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I failed at things and, and was able to just move on from it and be like, okay, I tried whatever, it didn't work, and I'm good. And then I found yeah. something that I failed at and I'm like, I don't, I refuse to let that be the end of it. And then I started doing some research and realizing, well, well one of the things that's holding me back kind of subconsciously was this idea that I had to be somewhere by a certain age. But a lot of really successful people, it doesn't happen until they're in their 40s and their 50s, you know, and even like just anything. Well, and, you know, to go a little off topic, that's kind of part of how this whole My Ovaries Maybe Do It podcast came to be was because there there is that stigma of, okay, by this age, you should be married and by this age, you should have kids and by this age, you should be secure in your career and all this stuff. And it's just like, that's not how life works for everybody. And, you know, if people made a plan and their life stuck to that plan, then great for them and lucky for them. But for some of us out there, that's just not how it goes. And that's not how we want it. That's, you know, one plan is not one size fits all everybody's life is different and the time we achieve things is going to be different and there's no wrong time to be doing anything in your life you know it just some people I saw I saw a post because I'll be on Quora uh Q-O-U-R-A or something I don't know it's a question website it's kind of like yeah 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 and somebody wrote on there like am I too old to go to med school and they were like in their late 30s and somebody wrote back and I loved it they were just like you're never too old to do anything like (laughs) you know like if you want to go to med school and you can afford to go to med school or you can take on those loans or you have the time or what or you have the passion go to med school it doesn't matter you could be 70 and like yeah your career is going to be probably pretty short but like do it if that's a goal that you want to do do it I both love that and kind of disagree with it. Like one, I, I have it written here in my notes, like it is never too late to be brave. And that is a thousand percent true. I, like, I don't think it's really ever too late to do anything. But on the same note, like I, the chances of me being able to put in the, the amount of work that it would take at this point to say be a professional dancer – are very slim. And so opportunity can disappear forever. And I think that it's good to realize that because it will push us too. you have to have some sort of like, no, it's never too late to go to med school. But if you start when you're 90, are you going to finish med school before dying? Do you know what I mean? Like that you have to seize the moment in some way. Part of being brave is seizing the moment and, or just going for it. And yeah. not just waiting and thinking like, oh, I have until this time. Oh, I have. Because I've used that as an excuse in my yeah. own head, which means other people have. Oh, I still have time. I'll do that at another yeah. time, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really good. That's another thing that's helped push me forward in life in the last, well, honestly, since the pandemic and the shutdown, I've really realized the opportunities that are no longer there for me to jump on. And that realizing, right, that it you do need to take advantage of things, the opportunity when you can, because they will pass by. And that kind of pressure of time passing and you can miss your time, I think is really, it's a great motivator. And we people do need to realize that too. You can't, wait to be brave yes you have to take care of your responsibilities and when you have other people that are dependent on you you know you're in a 
a marriage and you have children that it's not just your choice then. Right. But when you you have to jump on your opportunities too. You need to be brave as soon as possible. And start asking yourself when you feel like, you know, oh, is it too late? Like, no, it's not too late, but it can be too late. There is a time where it is too late to do things, right? Like in your late 30s, you can still go to med school on your deathbed. You can't go to med school. Don't get end up on your deathbed with regrets of what could I, what could I have accomplished if I had been braver? And to that point, mm-hmm. I, th- I think it is important to, like you said, jump on the opportunity and do it when you can. And sometimes maybe, you know, if let's say you're 70 and you want to go to med school, yeah, chances are you're not going to be a doctor when you finish or you may not even finish. But it may even just maybe later in life, hey, I never went to med school, but you know what? I'm really interested in medicine. Maybe I just take a course on it to learn more to be able to speak to my friends who are in the profession or something, you know, like do something that will still bring you joy and help you feel fulfilled. But yeah, there is a, there is a time limit on certain things. I said this earlier. I wrote it down. Questions to sort of ask yourself is like, how will I feel if I, if I quit and I'm not brave, right? How will I feel if I lose that opportunity, if I lose that job because I don't apply for it, if I lose that person because I can't tell them how I feel? How are you going to feel? And I bet you nine times out of 10, right, it will feel worse to quit than it will to be brave or to be rejected when you're being brave even. Yeah. Being brave. I mean, we're making it sound like you have to make these bold choices, but honestly, being brave is just it can take so many different forms being brave could just be you're in a moment and you're just like you know what I am enough what I'm doing is enough you know I'm not perfect but I'm doing what I can or honestly just speaking up when you're a little bit afraid to yeah accepting imperfection is think is really brave you know yeah and just little bouts of everyday bravery. I think uh, one of the speakers on it kind of said, you know, be brave and send an email with a typo, you know, like <laughs> just <laughs> because we do. I, I know I'll sit there and I'll pour over my work emails and I'll meticulously go through it. And it's like an email asking for something so simple. And it's like, why does it have to be perfect? Yeah, it should be professional. But like, God forbid I missed a comma somewhere or something like nobody's going to be like that dumb lady you know <laughs> like most people just, won't even notice exactly yeah. yeah most people yeah it is we need to fear less and fail more and be comfortable with imperfection and I think that's that's bravery is being willing to fail or to not be great at something you know yeah. it it can be you're right it can be such a simple thing when I first started trying to keep a plant I killed I killed a lot of plants. I mean, enough that I'm sort of ashamed. Am I going to give out a number? I'm in the process of killing a bunch of plants, so I feel you. (laughs) I was a terrible plant parent. I just kept killing them. I started garden after garden, and I was just like, all right, so I know how to grow dirt. That's about it. And now, after – I mean, now I I grow plants so well that I sell them. 
plants, you know? <laughs> like, I'm in my room here, and I'm staring at over 50 plants that are thriving for the most part. There's a, there's a few that are. And so it can be something so small, because it was my willingness to keep trying to keep going and buying plants, despite people telling, you know, people I lived with as a partner, and then it was roommates just being like, oh, yeah, another plant. <laughs> All right, something for the compost bin, until finally... I found spider plants, which are like impossible to kill, and then I could keep plants alive. <laughs> oh no, the plants, is it was that really brave? No. But it was me really learning to be okay with failing. Yeah. Right? Instead of being like, oh, I can't I kill plants, I can't have any. I was like, no. I want greenery. I want to be really good at growing stuff. It's a skill that I wanted. I wanted to be able to have a garden. I wanted to have plants around. And it took years. But I'm there now. Yeah. It's those everyday little steps of bravery. But, you know, we've been discussing a lot of we need to make these brave choices. We need to take these steps towards, you know, reaching out and reaching for the stars. But the question really then comes to if these girls start making these bold choices and going for these jobs like men do, are companies willing to give them the same shot? You know, I part of our culture and and people's mentality is i think to give more leeway towards men to expect that well they can do it they'll they'll be okay with doing it but to expect that well mm, women don't have this experience i don't know that they'll be able to catch on you know and this is something that reshma brought up in the interview that i saw mm-hmm. you know that she has these students that she's now taught them to be brave they're going after things that their same counterparts that men are going after, but companies are not yet willing to see their potential. And that's yeah. not to say everywhere. Like I said, my boss took a chance on me. There are people out there that are, but overall, specifically because she teaches technology, so specifically Coding, in the technology yeah. sector, it is a lot harder for women who are being brave, who are trying to get out there to have these companies accept them. And to not be, you know, subconsciously sexist and racist when they're trying to make these decisions and choices on candidates. And it's this, it potentially is an unconscious thing. Like we were all raised with, you know, unconsciously, like we can't be, we have to be perfect. You know, I think there's an unconscious level of hiring of, oh, well, the women don't have all the skills. They may not be able to do it. You know, like it just. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of things against girls in that manner. You know, I don't know. You know, companies do need to hire. I don't think it's um, them not hiring as a reason for women to stop making those brave choices or to stop going after what they want. I think it's a call to, to women really to push forward even more because every company has at least one woman, generally, one plus women working for them. And so if those women in those jobs stop saying in the jobs that they're in and start pushing for the supervisor position, the manager position, start heading, try and become VP or freaking even, even become president of it, start pushing forward. Then once we get more of those women into power or positions of power, they'll hire more women. I mean, I was, I remember being really surprised when I went to a, into my manager's office and I I'm going to, I need these days off because I'm going to take a training, a yoga teacher training. I need these days off. I found this person to cover the shifts. And I was, you know, no, they told me. And I just was like, that's not going to work for me. 
you're either going to give me the days off or I quit, right? And they're like, all right, Mm -hmm. well, then you can go. Like, yada, yada, yada. It didn't work out great at first. And in the end, I got the days off and I got a promotion. If I had walked away when they first said no, I would have stayed in a position that I hated. I would have not taken the training that I really wanted to take that then led to a lot more opportunity, a lot more passionate opportunity and growth in my life. Instead, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to take a risk. I told my boss, you need me more than I need you. I said that to my boss. I was like, so you can let me go. I'll work until I have to go to my training, so I'll work, you know what I mean? I was like, you choose the day is my last day. And in the end, I got a freaking promotion. I'll never forget that because I was a bit shocked about it all. And the time off. If I had just waited for it to all be perfect and, you know, them to give me exactly the time off that I needed and this and that, then uh, I wouldn't have gotten what I wanted in the end. And it comes back to that perfection or bust that girls do, right? They delete the code off of the screens and say, I don't know what to do because it's not perfect. I could have simply walked out of that office and given up on going to the yoga training because I wasn't going to be able to get the exact time off. It wasn't going to be perfect. And instead, honestly, it turned out to be better. Being brave and just being like, I will figure it out because I know what I want worked out tremendously for me in the end. Certain professions, that's awesome. And that's great. But there are other professions where the gates just are never going to open for people. You know, like it just, it's so far behind the times that they're just not going to catch up anytime soon. So for those experiences, which I'm not entirely sure what they are, but this is from Reshma's uh, interview. And so I'm assuming she means more towards the technology sector. I don't have much experience with it. But she said, you know, to those experiences, she's not expecting the doors to open. Instead, she's just building her own future in it. And she's recommending to her students to build your own future, find Mm -hmm. your own way to do it. So in the event that you don't have the opportunity to ask for what you want, then find another way, you know? And it's just, it's that idea of, like you said, propelling yourself forward, finding out that, hey, I really do want to do this and I'm going to find a way to do it. Yeah. No, that's perfect. I love that. Build your own future. Yep. Yeah, I know I was very lucky with that job and that, that, that turnout because it didn't start off going well in my, in my favor. I really feel like risk in the end pays off no matter what the outcome, the immediate outcome is. Whether you get what you want, whether you lose what you want, I think there's so much to be gained from having the courage to be brave. Oh yeah, absolutely. To close out, where do we find ourselves? What can we do where we're at? And some of the things that Reshma suggested and some of the things that I've written down are, you know, we can align ourselves with people who tell us the truth. So like you were saying, have your failure team, have people surrounding you that are going to call you out, you know, keep you honest, but also keep you on track and say, all right, you, you failed. What, what's your next plan? What are you doing next? And you want to have those people who will help build you up and help put you in a space where you want to do better. You want to continually improve and continue forward. And then also, you know, she suggests do something you suck at. Just try something new. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter if you're mediocre. It doesn't matter if you're horrible. Do something, just an everyday bravery 
just to get started. And the more you do it, the less scary it'll be. And the more you can build up to bigger, scarier things, you know? Yeah. What? Oh, my goodness. I I watched this little YouTube video. And basically, it was that confidence, courage, bravery will take you farther than talent. <laughs> It will take you farther than talent having the courage. Like you said, those little things, those little. What you said made me think about the garden that I'm working on right now. And my mom wanting me to paint all these things out there. And I just kept thinking like, yes, I'm very artistic. I love to paint, but I'm not like, I'm not a very good like sketch artist. But she was like, I don't care. I just want you to do it. And so I've been kind of putting it off like, oh my gosh. And just like practicing all these different things that she wants me to draw, butterflies and birds and all these kind of things that I've been practicing and practicing. And the other day, yesterday, I was just like, honestly, I was like, fuck it. And I just took paint and I just, <laughs> and I just started painting a huge ass flower. And I was like, it's not very pretty at the moment. It's coming along. But mainly I was just like, it doesn't have to be perfect. I was holding myself back from painting this old decrepit fence that really needed something done to it because I was so scared I couldn't draw a flower pretty enough. And I'm drawing it and I'm loving it. I'm out there painting now and I'm just like, this is fantastic. It doesn't have to be perfect because it's art and it's and it's mine and it doesn't have to be perfect. It's just fun to do things that you're not great at. I don't expect other people to be perfect. I don't know why I hold myself to such standards. Yeah. No, I mean, that's such a true statement. We do. I think we hold ourselves to higher standards than we hold others. And we have to learn to allow ourselves to be imperfect as well. Yeah. yeah becoming okay with imperfection. And honestly, like, realizing that imperfection is perfection. And it's a lot of fun to kind of suck at something. You're right. We need to, like, and Reshma is right. We need to do things that it's okay to be bad at. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. If you want to learn more about Reshma's TED Talk, it will be linked in the bio. So make sure to check it out there. It is definitely worth a watch. And make sure you check our next episode out. If you want to find us on Instagram, my handle is at untitled underscore Meg. And Deanna's is at kundalini underscore d that's d-e or you can find us on twitter at my ovaries made me thank you again so much for joining us and we'll catch you next time stay happy stay healthy and stay curious bye